All right, howlers, let's get howling. But first, a couple quick warnings. First warning, this podcast contains adult content. Don't be a pixie. Second warning, this podcast contains spoilers for the entire Red Rising saga. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy. Email howlerpod at gmail.com. Visit us at howlerpod.com. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. Where Ben <laughs> raises the roof every week. <laughs> this roof has been raised. Can it go any higher? We'll see next week. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. And rate and review us five stars only. If you don't give us five stars only, then we'll let Gaia shoot you in the head with a gun. Gun. <laughs> and now, Howler Pod. Oh! Call baby eagles. He acts like he's just seen a puppy. Eaglet. Oh God, she will die. Hello, Howlers. Welcome to Howler Pod, your podcast for all things Red Rising, where every episode we dive deep to break down, celebrate, and discuss all aspects of. The Fantastic Red Rising Saga by Howler number one, Pierce Brown. Ow, ow. I am your host, Ben Reinert. I am joined today, as always, by the amazing Aaron Ayers. Hello, Howlers. What are we doing today, Aaron? Lightbringer reread chapter 77 to 83. Don't read 84 <laughs> yet. Don't read 84. Well, I think it's, is it 85? Oh, I yeah. don't know. I yeah. didn't look ahead this time. Yeah. Um, actually that's a lie i control f i must <laughs> i was like oh good it's not this week <laughs> we may have talked about having a special guest on this episode you know scheduling netflix stars is not the easiest thing to do but we will hold zeph accountable no matter what for lysander yes and that comes next next that week will, anyways well, that will be in the future so we'll figure it out down the road here we do apologize I don't. Let's load up the star shell and shoot straight into our chapter summaries. Hopefully we don't shit our suits. Part four, brothers. Is this how you do the the heart? Great. Full hands. Great podcast content. Full hands. No, I think you do something weird with your hands now. No, you just do full hand. No, you do you do like your pointer. No, it's just like this. It's like this now. It's like this. Come on, Gen X. It's like this. You're such a millennial. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> this is how you do it now. Look at my crooked fingers. I don't like that. Your pointer and your middle. <laughs> Part four, brothers. That was fucking tough. <laughs> Chapter 77, Darrow, <laughs> Old Stoneside. <laughs> I flip Ben off if, if you're not watching. Darrow and Cassius leave the Jarls to their campaigning and head to a castle on Harmonia, Lauren's old home. It's like a floating island, Mm -hmm. which I don't think I knew before. Moves around. Pretty cool. Darrow has many injuries, not just from Fa, but also from taking back the Pandora from the Ascomani. Cassius doesn't even have a scratch on him. Classic Cassius. They walk through the house, past where Tactus died, and into Lauren's room. 
Darrow goes in alone and, remembering an old story, shaves his face with his razor, drawing a few cuts as he does so. When Cassius sees him, he does the same and doesn't cut himself. The beardless Classic Cassius. <laughs> the beardless peerless. <laughs> which doesn't rhyme as much as you'd want it to. <laughs> Lyria approaches on a ship and drops Volga off. Cassius heads to the ship to see Lyria because they're besties. Mm. And Volga wheels on Darrow, angry that he let her kill Fa because now people are trying to make her queen. No. She's telling them not to. She doesn't want to be Darrow's puppet queen. Darrow tells Volga that she could be the bridge between the Obsidian world and the modern world because her unique upbringing. Volga thinks Darrow wants the Obsidian to sail back to Mars to fight for him, which he does. But she's worried then he will discard them afterwards because of what they did to the Rim. Darrow lays out her options if they say no. Basically, if the Shadow Armada or guerrilla fighters don't destroy the Volk, Atalantia will swoop in and do it herself. Or Lysander. <laughs> Darrow says Volko represents hope and the Obsidians need to choose hope with a vote. Democracy. Democracy. Everyone go out and vote. Get your sticker. <laughs> it's all for the sticker. Lyria then hops out of the ship and says the vote has been tallied. She goes to Volga and kneels to the new queen of the Volk. Chapter 78, Darrow, the monster in the storm. Darrow gets a call from Severo. Uh, he's back on Europa and Severo gives him the full play-by-play, like how everything played out after Volga won the election. She came out. She was the queen. She gave this great speech. She was amazing, a star. She completely stepped into the role. So while that's happening, Darrow, Cassius, and Diomedes, they're on the Archimedes heading for Io. The plan is to help Diomedes get the garter back from the Ascomani. Darrow's like, we need Diomedes. He thinks there are a bunch of dustmakers holed up in the bunkers still, so they're going to get those people out and just like kill all the Ascomani, I guess. Darrow joins Cassius in the cabin of the Archimedes, and they have a real heart to heart they talk about the future and darrow suggests that cassius should become volga's new razor master after all this is over that'd be cute she needs it uh they then share their masculine love and appreciation for <laughs> masculine each other love. <laughs> <laughs> it's masculine <laughs> they're bros well i think it's important to call out masculine love sure you know because like some guys are very it's afraid to, to show their emotions sure, and tell each yeah. other that they love each other, but they're not. This is a great example. It is. Shouldn't be afraid to love people. Um, even other men. Even though they're other men, yes. yes. Darrow calls Cassius his brother. Cassius is genuinely touched and agrees. Brothers. Brothers. <laughs> Brother. they then talk about darrow's new razor form he names it the breath of stone breath of stone cassius approves and darrow's like phew glad he he thought that was a cool name (laughs) he's like don't laugh don't laugh bro we're sharing love bro but then oh shit cassius quickly cuts the power to the ship he spotted something it's the fucking light bringer floating right past him it's the whole fleet they're heading into a like in attack formation straight for Io. Lysander didn't head back to Mars like they expected. He's still here. Cassius didn't even seem that surprised. He was like, "Of course." Yeah. 
Of course. Chapter 79, Lysander, Teeth of Civilization. Lysander and his fleet are attacking the Ascomani over Io. Pythos smashed a bunch using the Lightbringer, and they're saving Cosmos haulers filled with hostages. Lysander leads a reign for maximizing future propaganda footage. It's so so gross. It's just annoying. (laughs) And they take back the city of Plutus, all in a day's work. Roan brings Lysander to the arbor of Akari, where Moon Lords and Gaia had been held captive by Fa. The Praetorians and House Legions freed the prisoners. Lysander greets them and updates them on the position of the war. Our priority is to protect the garter (laughs) and restore it to your stewardship. We are not here to stay, only to aid our friends. (laughs) I sound like Queen Elizabeth. (laughs) Which is what I'm assuming Lysander sounds like. Welcome, friends, to this broadcast. (laughs) War is upon us. Is that good? I don't know if I'm Queen sorry. Elizabeth was broadcasting anything. Yeah. Have you seen The Crown? <laughs> oh, you're talking about Elizabeth, the new Elizabeth. I was thinking, The one who just died. I was thinking, yeah, the old Elizabeth. Like well, medieval she was old. <laughs> yeah, medieval Elizabeth. <laughs> to add our I forget friends. that the queen now is, or well, was the, the named Elizabeth mm. to also. How could you forget? Mm. I, I'm You're not, not obsessed with royals. No. You're not an American woman <laughs> who's obsessed with royals. That's weird. I, I've lost track of the monarchy. <laughs> it's my bad. So Gaia approaches and holds out her hand. Gun. <laughs> She's like old gun. The other moon lords extend their hands. Roan and the Praetorians arm the Moonies, who then turn and open fire on the Ascomani and Volk prisoners. When they are dead, Gaia kisses Lysander on the cheek. Indebted. (laughs) (laughs) Then one by one, the other Moonies do the same. Indebted. 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 Chapter 80. Darrow. Stirring stuff. The Archimedes is floating off the shoulder of Jupiter, watching the attack on Io. The Lightbringer is broadcasting all kinds of Lysander propaganda from the attacks and the boys are, you know, sitting back on the ship and watching everything. Puke! <laughs> Darrow is pissed, and he's calling into question Lysander's honor. He goes, that motherfucker's gonna die! It's <laughs> <laughs> like, whoa, we got a motherfucker? That's our first motherfucker yeah. in this whole series. Mm, it's had probably. a lot of fucks. You think that's the first one? Yeah. I bet somebody's gonna... Because I remember being like, oh, whoa. If somebody could search for motherfuckers and let us know, that'd be great. Thanks. So he's pissed. He's calling into question everything that's been said about Lysander previously. You know, he's thinking he's definitely working with Atlas now. And everybody's like, everybody's like, yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, this is really bad news all around, especially for the Volk on Europa, because they're pretty much screwed. They can't outrun Lysander's fleet, and they really can't go head to head in a battle. I mean, they would put up a fight, but like, they're probably going to get beat. Darrow is screwed because he's going to lose army as a result of all this. And Mars. And And yes. Um, The snowball effect. So everything that he's been working for is pretty much dashed. But Diomedes has a plan. He said the Volk should stay on Europa. Atlas, he keeps perfect comms discipline. So there's no way that he's going to find out that Fa's dead already. 
and that he's failed on Europa. He thinks that Fa's just doing his thing over there still. So while they have some time here, as Lysander, you know, gathers his forces and does some more propaganda shit, he's going to, you know, get everybody on his side before he go attack, attacks Europa. They'll sneak onto Io, they'll find Gaia, and they're going to show her that Lysander's a big fat fraud. Because what is the one thing that Lysander's scared of? Losing. It's his reputation. So they're going to fuck that well, up. Well, he's not been doing a good job of <laughs> keeping it clean. <laughs> Chapter 81, Lysander, Parting of the Shadow. Peerless Knights of the Rim and Lysander's Knights of the Core kneel in a ritual known as the Parting of the Shadow, where you confess aloud what you're afraid of. Ben, I'd like to bring you into the Parting of the Shadow right now. Can you confess aloud what you're afraid of? Um, I'm afraid to die. <laughs> <laughs> He said something funny. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> I am like ridiculously afraid of bugs, mm. mostly spiders. Mm -hmm. Like afraid to die, afraid of bugs. Pretty much the same thing. <laughs> I'm also uh, pretty afraid of flying, but I have to do it. Yeah, I keep that one on low key. Like, yeah. I don't make a big deal out of it. But I like I get a movie going and yeah. i turn it on the minute i sit down yeah and then i i watch it the whole time i just disassociate i don't look at anyone <laughs> i don't get a drink i don't get the I snack i absolutely feel that i'm yeah. just like i'm not on a plane i'm watching a movie <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sometimes you can get yourself into a deep hole on a plane where you're like i'm in a fucking metal tube uh, yeah going 500 and miles i'm sure you also watched the first final destination at way too young of an yeah. age. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to blow up. And it's just like, if something goes wrong up there, it just, you're fucked. You're fucked. It doesn't matter. And I know statistically I'm safe for an employee, <laughs> but my body doesn't know. <laughs> I'm glad I feel better. Now this brings me back to my original fear. <laughs> fear of dying. Fear of scared to die. <laughs> I'm afraid of what will happen to Cassius in the next episode. <laughs> Maybe he won't die this time. Maybe it'll change. Yeah. That I feel better. <laughs> we parted our shadow. Good. <laughs> yes, if you'd like to part your shadow, email us at howlerpod at gmail. If you would like to part your shadow, <laughs> call us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can also call us at our yes. voicemail line. Okay, Lysander, he stands up and he doesn't say his true fears aloud, but instead he says he fears gold division that this unity will only last as long as the threat to the rim exists. He's then interrupted by a lone man flying their way. Who is it? Everyone's turning. Storm, storm. It's Diomedes. He survived. He lands in the crowd and the rim knights swarm him with hugs and kisses. These moony men aren't afraid to show no. masculine love. Exactly. As you said. We need more great examples of that. He pushes through them all to Gaia, who remains kneeling. She is sobbing. Diomedes embraces her, and they cry together, and Aaron tears up. <laughs> I did. Poor Gaia. She's, <laughs> she's a crusty old bitch, but she's been through a lot. Yeah, that's true. I think, yeah. Do you think her obsidian buddy died? He mm. wasn't. We didn't see him. Yeah, I'm going to assume I'm gonna he's probably, he probably got killed by an Askamani protecting Gaia. Yeah. Uh, so Lysander is like, hmm, how are you alive, dude? 
and he's blinking at him like, don't blow my cover. He realizes their stories <laughs> won't match up. Palace seems skeptical of the situation. I noticed that this I time. That too. She was yeah. like, Lysander's acting weird. Yeah. She caught on. But Diomedes doesn't give any worrying details. He tells Lysander. Kind of yada yadas the whole Yeah, thing. he's like, oh, you know, I got chased by obsidians. <laughs> doesn't matter. I'm back. Sorry I was late. Diomedes tells Lysander he should be carrying the shield of Akari into battle. So he leads him away to go get it. They go into a dormant volcano into a secret passageway, which gave me like Raiders of the Ark vibes. Yeah. Like spit on the door and this yeah. door opens. That was definitely some Indiana Jones shit. Which, by the way, I didn't tell you this. I tried to watch the first Indiana Jones and I got like like 30 minutes in and I was like, this is so terrible. What? <laughs> the first one? It's like racist. And oh, like, yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, sexist. It's like, for sure. <laughs> I was like, I cannot watch this. Yeah, the first couple are definitely. Woo! Yeah. It was I rough. mean, they're 80s movies. I know, but yeah. this just every actor is white, but <laughs> like not playing a white person. <laughs> I was like, this is hard to watch. <laughs> Anyways. Well, I mean, if you think about what Indiana Jones is doing, taking it's relics and putting it into a museum is, all, is very bad. I thought that too. Yeah. yeah. I really was like, <laughs> I morally cannot watch this anymore. <laughs> I thought you were saying like, it's a bad movie, but I got you. Yeah. It it's is like, you know, uh, yeah. Any movie you rewatch, you're like, this is bad <laughs> by today's standards. i'm a big temple of doom guy and that one's got a lot of problematic stuff in it for sure nice i'll try that one next <laughs> <laughs> okay so they go in the dormant volcano secret passageway leave and they leave lysander's praetorians behind and they're like bro you have to take us with it it's like, sorry you're a gray and we believe in the pyramid therefore <laughs> obey our dominus while they're going down the passageway, Lysander starts to feel uneasy. Mm. Diomedes says, say his name. <laughs> so dramatic. <laughs> Lysander says, Atlas. <laughs> <laughs> Diomedes says he hasn't told anyone else what he knows, and it can remain that way. It all depends on the outcome of the conversation. He continues down into a shrine. There's a broad-shouldered man sitting by a pool. Lysander grips his razor because the man is Darrow. I love how he can like smell him first. He He's could like smell the wolf cloak. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, it's all the howlers just reek of like a wet dog. That's awesome. All right, chapter eighty-two, Darrow, civil discourse. Darrow was not ready for this. Diomedes was supposed to be bringing Gaia, not Gasp. <gasps> Lysander. I like that you said gasp. <laughs> and then gasp. And gasp. Yeah. Double gasp. Double gasp. Shit is tense immediately. Both Darrow and Lysander are like ready to pull razors and go at it. They immediately start in with the verbal snipes. Diomedes is like, eh, eh, eh. My house. You're my guests. No fighting, boys. He tells them to sit down. It's time to talk. And he lays it all out for them. The biggest threat here is... Atalantia, and she is a threat to all three of them, so they have some common ground here if they can see it. His proposal, an alliance between the three of them. Lysander starts in with his complaining, of course, but Diomedes is like, nah, bro. If anybody should be pissed about anything, it's me. Pretty much my whole family is dead. My whole planet's ruined, whatever, you know, moon. He goes on to say, 
the purpose of war is peace and neither Daryl or Lysander is a tyrant. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Not uh, yet. <laughs> he requests that they each make an act of humility and service to prove their bona fides. Darrow must give the head of Fa to the Moon Lords and be like, here you go. I'm sorry about blowing up your Ganymede docks. But look, I killed this dude. But look, I killed this guy. It's kind of unfair because he already did it. <laughs> I know. I'll, that's what I thought. I was like, this is a little bit yeah. uneven. He's but, like, fine, I mean, here they're both you go. difficult tasks. But he does have to like... Uh, like put himself at the mercy of the moon right Lords. exactly and then lysander he has to deliver the head of atlas to the moon lords which seems pretty hard and then be like yeah expose his whole plan you know darrow and lysander talk back and forth for a bit they're feeling each other out lysander again appeals to diomedes telling he's like darrow he's been bringing us war for 10 years man you can't be trusting this guy and diomedes is like hey I would have done the same thing, man, if I were born a red of Mars. Which I thought was very reasonable. Which is legit, yeah. I'm not sure Lauren would have. And then Lysander's like, oh, oh, what? And No way, dude. (laughs) I can't believe that. What about the hierarchy? Yeah, no. Diomedes then tells Lysander, you got to be the man you claim to be, bro. And he tells him he's welcome to leave and think about it. Uh, Because Diomedes is a man of honor. Yes. But uh, he can compromise. Yes. He's not unreasonable. Lime, uh, Lysander leaves and Darrow and Diomedes head back to Arch- the Archimedes, which is not confusing at all. <laughs> Diomedes, uh, Archimedes. <laughs> except there's just one problem when they get back there and it's that Cassius isn't there. That's a huge problem for me. <laughs> he left a hollow cube on the pilot's chair for Darrow and Darrow's like, oh shit, I know what he's doing. He went to the Lightbringer to talk with Lysander. Fuck, 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 fuck. And now we've also got a bigger issue, which is that Dustmakers have pretty much materialized out of the shadows, rolling with Gaia, and she clucks her tongue and asks Diomedes, what have you been up to, my little storm? My little, my little storm. (laughs) Chapter 83, Lysander, A Way Out. Lysander returns to his ship and tells the Praetorians he has intel he needs to tell Atlas. They say he's already on his way. The Greys escort Lysander to his quarters. Inside, Lysander finds Cassius waiting for him. Pytha helped him in. Cassius told her about Atlas. (laughs) How dare you reveal my horrible secrets. The two make some small talk. Lysander and Cassius. Uh, Cassius is trying to act like old times, but Lysander notices he looks a lot better. And it's like a slap in the face. Like, oh, you're better off with Darrow. That's right. He is. (laughs) Lysander is wary of why he's there. They talk about their feelings. Masculine feelings. (laughs) Yes. Masculine love and feelings. How Lysander... Maybe that should have been this week's theme. I fucked up. (laughs) No, I think... I think we're okay. (laughs) They talk about their feelings, how Lysander felt when he realized Cassius was alive and helping Darrow. Lysander felt traded in. Cassius apologizes for trying to make Lysander into Julian all those years and for retreating and being distant and angry when Lysander tried to fit that role. Cassius says he's sorry and he wishes things had been different. He says they can have a second chance if Lysander takes Diomedes' offer. 
And Lysander's like, ah, that's why you're here. Duh. <laughs> Lysander says he can't take the offer. Cassius doesn't understand. No matter what Lysander does, trying to take the right actions, he's ended up as someone else's puppet every time. That's all he is, and he can't kill Atlas. He's terrified. He starts mm -hmm. shaking. Mm -hmm. Pythic comes in and says they can all end this. With the three of us together, how can we fail? All right. The theme for this week's chapters is... Masculine love. <laughs> changed it for valentine's yeah. let's Day. just roll with it yeah no it is the future is delicate which makes me think now what i'm gonna say may sound indelicate it's from hamilton i think i mean i know i don't know anyways uh that's my music theater Tourette's. right the future is delicate ben yes and it's fleeting right and, there's... and we don't have as much time with those we love as we think we will correct so there are several uh moments i can have like fleeting pictures of the future that we could have but that are life standard right are ruined uh but i think it's kind of fun to talk about because like we are hoping that some of these, or at least one of them comes true, and that's um, more around Volga. But like, we get this great view into like what Darrow and Cassius could be down the road and mm -hmm. what Cassius could ultimately become as he part of the, the Republic. The Razor Master. And no. The New Lorne. But then we get this look into like, what could Diomedes, Lysander, and Darrow become? What could they accomplish? What here? could they accomplish together? And... Also, so it's like, oh, there's some hope here at the end of this. Like, can we actually, can this actually happen? I remember like going into that conversation with Cassius and Lysander. I'm like, is Lysander actually going to do this? Like, well, especially that last chapter, he seems to fold a little bit. Yeah. And he's, he's like starting to, his, his, uh, constitution is shaken. Right. Like he's starting to give in a little cause he's like, yeah. I don't want to work for Atlas. Yeah. And he's like, oh, maybe my friends can get me out of it. Yep. Which, by the way, they fucking do. I know. I was like almost convinced by the end of this. The first time I read it that I was like, will Lysander actually do this? And it's like, no, he's the same old fucker that he's always yeah. been. Uh, but let's talk about our quotes this week. We've, only, we've got a short section here on quotes. But we're going to talk about what uh, Darrow and Volga, their conversation together. And... Darrow gives this really great kind of it's a long kind of conversation between the two of them, but he really shows her like what she can become and what she can be for the Volk moving forward. Be all that you can be, Volga. And how she can change their future. Because they've been in kind of a cycle of violence, um, and they talk about that. And now she has the opportunity to change that cycle of violence and be a new type of leader and kind of yes. complete the journey that Sefi started, which I think is really beautiful. Yes. So let's hear Nick here. You are not a puppet's queen, Volga. You are hope. I can't give that to them. The Volk must choose hope as we do in the Republic, with a vote. With a vote. Democracy. We, we gotta use the vote. Yeah, so it's uh, no longer about the most powerful person or the person that can like instill the most the fear, fear yeah. in others. Instead, it's a choice, right? And they've chosen Volga. She's kind of like the one 
I would like Daryl's kind of like squeaky clean. Yeah, he called her clean, but I was like, hey. But Cleamy, she didn't betray Mars. betray Mars and the Republic. Yes, she's got some blood on her hands for sure from this whole situation. Yeah, we watched it, <laughs> but she also uh, is the blood of Ragnar, which does mean something to yes. the Volk. So, and she's the blood of Sefi as well because of that. And she's the one they betrayed. And then we get this incredible speech relayed to us from Severo, which I thought was (laughs) really fun. How he's like giving the play by play of that whole thing. I I was a little, I felt it was a little yada yada because like we didn't have a POV. Yeah. But I don't know how else. We could have like Lyria would have been there. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure it got cut. Yeah. Like, we'll just update I'm him. I'm assuming kind of like with the end of the book, want to keep kind of the momentum going with the Darrow uh-huh. Focus on story. the main players. Um, but it is, it was, <laughs> it was fun just like several recount, recounting that. And then it's like the performance that Volga gives, she like has clearly stepped into this role and she gives a really stirring speech and really. She must have a speechwriter. Gives, yeah, I don't know. I was like, Lyria help you out with that or something. But she really gets them to buy in and they're like, let's go back to Mars. Let's yeah. do this. They're ready. They've so, been out in the Ram long enough. This is, you know, the, the other option here when we're talking about the delicate future is, you know, like somebody like scarred taking over and maybe, yeah, he gives like, they do go back to Mars initially, but then it kind of develops back into the cycle of violence. So it's like, mm-hmm. Or the factions. Yes. The obsidians don't stay united. Right. So I think Volga is going to try to do something different and take them down a new path where it's not just like Darrow describes them as, you know, an axe that he wielded basically. And that was wielded by society that he just took the handle of. Now they kind of have a chance to take control for themselves and make the choice to go back to Mars and do it uh, mm-hmm. and and free you know their people there and then from there you know, create their own life yeah which is really cool so hopefully that future is not as delicate as these other futures like hopefully it happens yes. and it i mean it's interesting too to remember that we have children old people and most of the volk women still mm. on mars right he's like they're going to be fighting for their lives against that Atalanta really powerful. Yeah. and against and for their freedom too. If Atalanta wins, mm-hmm. they're back on the ice. Oh. Okay. Let's talk Darrow and Cassius and man. Oh, delicate future. My delicate heart. We get this great, just look. It's like a window and picture into the future where we're just like seeing Darrow and Cassius, you know, getting to be together <laughs> as best buddies, brothers for the rest of their lives and thinking about how sweet that would be, you know? And love, yeah, man, why not? He this conversation, Uncle, Uncle Cass, absolutely just made me tear up. It was so tough, but Darrow talking about their, you know, their journey together and how he wants him to be his brother for life. Brothers for life, bro. For life with a Y. For life. Let's hear it. Okay. This is going to be a tough one. Take it away, Nick. Cassius, I wasn't just talking about this trip. By journey, I meant my life. He looks over at me, 
touched and more than a bit surprised. You are my brother. We let ten years slip past. Ten years when we should have been fighting side by side. I won't make that mistake again. Whether you like it or not, you're with me to the end. To the end of what? <laughs> God, so tough. The, I mean, the part about they've let ten years pass that hit me so hard you know yeah like cassius could have been with the republic still yeah like he didn't have to be exiled mm-hmm. and just like how sad it is and now they've finally found each other again but then we know just like how short it is fucking a day i mean just <laughs> after this combo we don't yeah. daryl never sees him again yeah never sees him alive again yeah just the hollow yeah it's just and how he finally gets to that point where he's just like, I won't make that mistake. And you get this look into what their future could be. And then it just gets ripped away. Very tough. Very tough stuff. Just. We could skip <laughs> next week's chapters. I'm so thankful that we got this moment. Like it is well, and incredibly this, beautiful. When you, when you get this moment, then you know. Yeah. The first time you read it, you're like, fuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By this point, I was like, oh, it's you're happening. Like, Cass is, someone's dying. Yeah. And what struck me this time around is just like how kind of how actually short this section is. It really is just like one fills you up conversation. But yeah, it's but it's so impactful. The whole conversation between the two of them is just incredibly beautiful. It's a beautiful relationship. Love those guys, bros for life. And then our final quote here in this section is just diomedes and this is when he's you know parlaying between lysander and darrow trying to get them to see into a different future other than warring with each other you know which we can all imagine except for pixie lysander lysander does not seem very open to it darrow on the other hand i was proud of him he's like okay i seem like he learned some stuff he's like what would alexander want me to do yeah and lysander is completely unwilling to give up the past like right. how things were the right. hierarchy yeah like he wants to put everything back together it's mm-hmm. like that did not work for everyone it only worked for the golds right like and he's just we gotta incapable figure something else of out. seeing that yeah. yeah diomedes is basically offering him a vision of a different you know a different future a different world in the mm-hmm. future that he's just not really willing to accept he, I guess he kind of gets there by the end, but not even not really. He's still just very much like... Yeah. And he's like... Pushing against it. He can't believe Diomedes like, has <clears throat> empathy for Darrow. Mm-hmm. He, he's like... Yeah. <laughs> that part struck me. I was like, well, this guy's fucking... He's a fucker. Yeah. Let's he's hear a Nick motherfucker. On, on a, let's hear a, a, a Diomedes on this from Nick. I don't see a tyrant in either of you. I see two human beings who want to leave the worlds a better place than they found them. Let us start here, now. Listen to him, bro. Diomedes is like, he's doing a good job of like kind of playing both sides uh, here. He's the the moderate. Really? Who's the one in the middle? Yeah, he's really. The independent vote. (laughs) Yeah, like the mediator. Yeah. He's just, he's doing a good job of like appealing to both of them, um, appealing to kind of their emotional side for both and he's clearly got um, some romulus in him yeah he like he's been meditating i yeah that's a great call he clearly like understands what 
kind of makes both of them tick, especially Lysander. Mm -hmm. It brings you back to like the table where Romulus and Roke and Darrow Mm -hmm. were there and it's like the same Mm -hmm. fight. Yeah. And Romulus is like, let's, let's stay civil. Yeah. We're in my house. (laughs) Take your shoes off. This is kind of his Romulus moment for sure. I, I just thought what appealed to me most about that situation was just like, Diomedes, you know, hasn't been speaking a lot, but he's been observing a lot. Yeah. And he's putting all of that observation into practice in this moment. And like, he really knows how to get Lysander kind of cornered. Because Lysander is very good at like slipping out of shit. Slippery little snake. Yeah. But he's like, you know, be the man that you say that you're going to be. Yeah. You know, you said you're, you're not a tyrant. You, you know, like those types of things. You said you wanted peace. Yes. Yeah. So I think he does a really cool job of that. And then like controlling Daryl's anger at Lysander at the same time and appealing to kind of his practicality and like his need to, he's like, basically you're fucked if you don't, you know, figure something out like this, like no matter what. So I thought that was just a really great job of him reading that situation. And then we get this look into like, I remember reading this the first time and being like, wow, is he really going to pull this off? Like, are they actually going to like, are we going to get like a Lysander Darrow alliance? That'd be. I believe that. I would never I mean, I, trust I, him. I thought it got me there. Like, oh, logically. maybe we're going out against Atalantia yeah. together. Yeah, it got me there. Like, this section of the book did enough where I was like, this is believable. I could see this happening. And I think that's, you know, great writing. Take a drink. And I think that Diomedes, if he weren't so honorable, could have easily been like, Oh, great. Lysander's here. Fuck off, Darrow. Like, I have my solution. I'm going to kill all the Volk and get my moon back. Right. Right. He could have done that. Yeah, no doubt. And Darrow would not have a lot of power. He would be completely fucked. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So that's this week's theme. The future is delicate for us all. Enjoy the present. It is. Nothing is set in stone. Tell your masculine friends that you fucking love them. (laughs) Tell whoever you want that you love them. Yeah, tell the people that are important to you that you love them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, guess what's up next? How was Cassius hilarious today? And he was so hilarious that we've turned this segment into a top five Cassius quotes from this week's chapters. Yes, just from this week's chapters, but like we had so many. We had to blow this one out because I mean we probably had ten, but we we pared them down. My man was on fire this week. He was funny i kept laughing loud like oh cassius (laughs) i know he's so handsome i was just like i am having such a great time here i was thinking every when he shaves and then uh he has the dimple chin and he's like talking about his jaw i just kept picturing henry cavill as the witcher i was just like (laughs) touch that chin baby that is the chin that i also that's the chin yeah and that's the most beautiful man in the world which is cassius (laughs) You know, yeah. that's the man Volga's tripping over herself looking mm-hmm. at, which yeah. I would too, baby girl. <laughs> I'd be like, Phew! I'm not mad anymore. So we said it's a top five, but we're already cheating because we've got two honorable mentions. And let's start with the first one. Do you want to take it? Sure. Volga says, can we talk alone? Darrow says, Cassius. <laughs> he sighs. Are the services of a hero required? <laughs> I mean, just hilarious. I mean picture the witcher saying that i would be like yes you're you are required you are in my room of requirement you're the only person in there 
<laughs> All right. This podcast has suddenly got very horny. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> when Henry comes into my mind. Okay, next honorable mention. I'll take this one. This is, they're talking about Fa's head in the box. It's and, my head in a box. And and then after that, kind of after they go through the name of the uh, Fa box. <laughs> Cassius says, honestly, Darrow, Atomics, Warlord Heads, I thought our honeymoon would be more romantic. <laughs> Darrow's like, honeymoon? Yeah. And then Cassius <laughs> is like, Virginia has to fight me for you. <laughs> it's funny because they fucked too. <laughs> Ooh, threesome. <laughs> I would love to be Virginia yeah, in that I'd situation. Watch. Number five. Go ahead. So we're going to go five, four, three, two, one. Yes. So, number five, Darrow says, can we just walk, please? Because Cassius, like, won't shut the fuck up. (laughs) This is when they're walking into Lauren's castle. In Lauren's castle. Yeah. Cassius smiles grandly and wraps his arm back behind my waist, ready to saunter. Darrow says, stop it. Cassius, fine. A dour trudge through memory lane it is. (laughs) Do you say dour or dour? I thought it was dour. In Kansas, it's dour. Oh, is that, that American like, thing? Doer. <laughs> <laughs> Doer. <laughs> Number four. Uh, let's see. This but is just cut, like cut. oh, Darrow I mean, seeing. This is probably. I mean, this isn't a quote, so it can't be our. Uh, this is my. This is really high up for me on my favorite Cassius moments ever. It's just a favorite moment, right? Uh, Not just, a quote. Yes, just fantastic. Uh, so this is like Volga's got off her ship. Cassius has like sauntered over to the side and is striking a hero pose <laughs> and she's walking by looking at him and the the text says uh Volga glances at Cassius she does a double take he's staring dramatically out to sea now either thinking about Lysander or posing for a coin she's so captivated by him her foot clips an uneven stone he doesn't even look over at me but draws a finger along his jaw idiot <laughs> <laughs> i just like that is so perfectly cassius in every single way i love like, it i wish severo could have seen it he would have been like severo would have died he would have thrown a rock at him yes or, or a knife or something like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> number three cassius uh says i think i'll hop up and talk to the young eaglet instead i hope i don't open any wounds in my exertions Oh, wait, I have none. <laughs> this is like him and Darrow have been given. He's been given shit to Darrow about him being Darrow's so, so injured. Up. Yeah. I will say, though, Darrow's mostly injured from fighting Fa. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's not and, dead. I mean, it sounded like he sustained a, a, a good amount of injuries from the Ascomani. But he was too. already hurt. Yeah. He had already broken his Right. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying he didn't start at 100. <laughs> but even before the Fa fight, like... Cassius's armor wasn't scratched at all. Yes, yes. Even after getting hit with a big ass hammer. <laughs> uh, and before you yell at us, we had the eaglet quote up top, so that's why it's not included in this list. Yes, you've yes. already heard it. She'll die. But that's a good one as well. Okay, number two on the list. This is you know directly after the the brothers' commitment conversation. Very touching, just, serious. Yes, the most touching, like Darrow's emotional, crying. traumatic moment. Yeah, Darrow's like taking a full minute to like control his crying and he says, you know, to Cassius, whether you like it or not, you're with me to the end. 
And Cassius responds, oh, I mean, that's a lot of commitment, Darrow. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, know if i want he to loves be... to cut a dramatic moment yes. like with some sarcasm and that's why we love him i love cassius <laughs> he's so great he'd be fun to have a brown and then with our final uh number one on the you know best cassius quotes we've got nick to, yes. to take over for this one so because he's um, the quote master this is about the chin he's dominus quotus <laughs> dominus quotus this is about the chin that we've you know all enjoyed for so long I've enjoyed it. Uh, let's take it away, Nick. What? Did someone compliment me? He asks. It's the jawline. It's selfless, really. I take the pressure off everyone else. They don't have to worry about being the most handsome man in the room. They can just be. Uh, heavy is the chin that sets the bar. Oh, man. <laughs> Nick's so good at the little things. Like yeah. the, the ah. Like, I know. He just like nails it. Uh, We're lucky to have him. I know. Uh, but gosh, that was so funny. <laughs> so we don't have to butcher the best quote. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. And yes, heavy is the chin that sets the bar. Who's going to be our chin? I know. Like, what are we going to do? Okay. Mm. All Section's right. over. And I don't think it's We're not going to have many more Cassius is hilarious today. I, I, I bet he gets. We could have. How is Cassius? Moment brave today yes yes i must gosh i must man that gets me every time all right next up is our prime five five of our favorite insights and observations from this week's chapters okay so we talked about cassius a lot so i'm trying to leave him out of the prime five already how dare you we've talked about all of our our favorite (laughs) cassius moments i wanted to call out lyria just hot shotting around in the Archimedes flying around one part that I just absolutely loves is she's trying to land the ship and just like almost completely takes she's out like, the shit. castle and then she goes shit <laughs> uh, it's cute I mean and then just she like the eaglet she is and that uh, section just like how them like sniping back and forth at each other like Lyria and Cassius a little bit Mm-hmm. so beautiful you can see how much he appreciates her just it's coming through the page like yeah i love how pierce like captures that just like in his movements and uh, how he responds to her and just like you know like daryl describing you know it looks as if he's like seen a puppy like you know that's yeah. that's the kind yeah. of love that i see between the two of them yeah that i just love and to is... me it feels like older brother love oh for sure yeah yeah but and I lo- like when we first met lyria would we have ever thought she and cassius would I be know. best friends <laughs> and she'd be flying his plane i know what a freaking twosome that just came out of nowhere but is like so perfect yes it's a, it's oh you like whiskey <laughs> great they're meant for each other and it's just so sad i know i wanted to talk about cicero being a badass <laughs> i kind of like cicero in this Dude, section he like gets stabbed in the leg and then lysander's like shouldn't you take care of that he's like i'll get a new leg <laughs> yes we're made to last good man we're made to last <laughs> triage my good man and he's like him with like the vo- fucking just like earnest fucking emotion oh, of just yes. like we're here to save you i am a warrior <laughs> justice for my people and then 
he like pulls the horn out of his leg and slaps a patch on it. He's like, it missed the archery. You can feel these things. <laughs> yes. He like skips off. Less grays will die if I'm with them in the field. <laughs> I'm off. <laughs> like He's like a caricature <laughs> of like a Greek warrior. I fucking loved it. I was having a great time with him. Yeah. <laughs> and also and, and he, he was kind of badass he killed like way more people with yeah. way less effort than lysander it's like man lysander maybe you're a bitch <laughs> yeah. maybe cicero should be in charge it's just i was having a lot of fun with him but also kind of like still rolling my eyes at the whole like lysander's here to save you <laughs> <laughs> i know <laughs> but this time when i read it i was like okay cicero <laughs> yeah. you've got merit uh, and then I'll take this one because I kind of stepped on it earlier, but I just really love Severo's call to Darrow. I do agree with you though because I did want to talk about that. It's like this could have been a chapter. I feel like yeah, you know, it was just like a okay, don't die, bye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love how Darrow was also like so it went well. He's like shut up, and he's just like yes. he's like I'm still telling my story, I'm still talking. <laughs> that was just some good back and forth. Like we've got also a little sign that we've got our little our old Severo back maybe, yeah, you know, yeah. like he's, he's a little as, more playful. Not as sad. Yeah. He's Aries now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next, the Gray's killing game. Yeah. How about the, the Gray's this entire section? Well, it was the Gray's ki- killing game is like gross and bad. Yeah. But also they're so badass. And I loved when Roan was like, the two were like talking shit on Cicero and he's yeah. like, Hey, and they like, hit their boot and their <laughs> knives pop out and they like yeah. catch them out of the air it's like ready to cut their tongues yes yeah. and lysander's like no no we're good <laughs> but they're so intense and he's yes. like i'll fuck you with your sword if you talk <laughs> like that to your betters and yeah. it's like jeez roan it's reestablishing that hierarchy yes like, real they're like yes stubbornness yep and then that's like our little look into the upcoming boot knife that's coming from oh, roan oh yeah yeah we get it twice yeah i need a boot knife except i probably wouldn't catch it and it would stab me in the foot (laughs) (laughs) you see me try to catch things (laughs) yes you definitely and throw things you'd catch it inside your hand (laughs) it would like be if i got that lucky (laughs) i'm sure i would fully miss (laughs) wouldn't go well i need a dull knife but yes the grays that were were interesting this round these these praetorians are just like i don't know they're kind of a slimy bunch yeah yeah you know they're, they they also benefit from the hierarchy and mm-hmm. they they like it. Yeah. Or at least like these it. grays. Really, these grays do. And yeah, that that killing game kind of reminded me of like a Call of Duty or something like that. Like where you're counting your kills. Yeah. And they're just like everybody's like live streaming it and oh, shit, yeah. you know, <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> all being uploaded to the cloud and like who has the most yeah like lysander's finding out about all this stuff so also while we're on the grays i want to bring up kyber is like kyber knows she's kind of like out on the outside kyber knows something's going on and like with lysander and the other grays right she's like you know Mm -hmm. she she doesn't like it yeah she's definitely outside like the atlas circle of trust yes yes Circle of trust. Here's Kuiper. <laughs> and then speaking of Atlas, one thing that I thought was really interesting is it's like he's just like looming over this entire section. But he's not here. But he's not here. And nobody knows where he is. And you're, I'm like, 
I know reading this the first time, I was like, when is like when is Atlas gonna Where show up? When is Atlas gonna show up? Evening. When is Atlas gonna show up? And then at the end when it's like the shadows. Steep, the shadows start coming down. I was like, oh, fuck. That's Atlas. Oh. But uh, I know that's what I thought the first time. And then it's like Gaia that walks out. Uh, so I thought that was fun. My little but. storm. <laughs> but yeah, see, I love how he's kind of just like this all-encompassing kind of like... Doom. Yes. Hanging over the entire thing. They're like, we got to figure out what to do with Atlas. Like He's like the uh, little asshole snakes in yes. Dune. Like you know they're you know they're there. <laughs> yeah. You don't know when they're gonna come right. out and dun, 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 dun. yeah, uh, pull you into their asshole mouth. <laughs> That's how Dune goes, right? I, I think you described Dune perfectly. Okay. Yeah, you want to see part two? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna bring earplugs this time. Ben and I saw part one in IMAX, and we we're like up uh, in the back, yeah. like, and my brain was rattling. <laughs> it was so loud when yeah. it got that one part that got real loud. Yeah. <laughs> and the ship's taking off. I yeah, was like, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> we get it, asshole snakes. Uh, and that... Atlas. Yes, Atlas looming is just kind of foreshadowing of just like the terrible things that he's about to do, you know. But he's, he's trying to do. Yes, so... But um, he also doesn't... His fragile, delicate future... <laughs> good. He has a delicate future as oh, well. Guy. Good. Now that we finished our Prime 5, it's time to name our Primus of the Week, where we choose the one character who conquered our proctors of plot and rose above the rest. Our Primus of the Week is... This is kind of up in the air. I don't know. What do you think? Who do, what do you think? I think I would choose Volga if we had gotten that... Speech. Speech, that I chapter. Because she that. rose... Yeah. She... she took on the yoke that was placed on her, even mm-hmm. though she didn't want it for her people. Mm-hmm. I mean, so in, in these chapters, she did the biggest thing, but we didn't necessarily we didn't see it. We didn't actually get to see yeah. it. Yeah. Who would you choose? I think I'm going to choose Darrow and Cassius and their masculine love. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. They're, they're bro. They're bro I think hugs. it's important that we had a declaration of love, of brotherhood and love. Yes. Yes. And yeah. even though that's a small section of this week's chapters, I don't think anybody really rose above that. Maybe like Diomedes was up to some shit, but his plan goes really bad right away. Yeah. So, and he's, he's doing what he thinks is best, but we're all like, bro, yeah. not with Lysander. Gaia. She got pulled out of a bunker. I think Gaia should get honorable mention just yeah. for being like gun. <laughs> yeah. That was a lot of just straight up murder though. Yeah. Yeah. That was like a war crime. So sure. Uh, I'm not sure that we should have supported that. I think uh, uh, they got enough war crimes first. Oh, so it's okay. Retaliatory. War crimes are okay. If they're retaliatory. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. Sure. You could also say Lysander maybe, but no, I don't think so. He's shaking like a leaf by the end of these chapters. So I can't really say like, no, he's a bitch. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Lysander does not get it, you ever. Can, your primus is Volga. My primus is a co-primus. Darren, Darren Cassius. Cassius. I think it's just appropriate. honorable mention, Gaia. Yeah. Because she's 120 <laughs> and still got it. She still got it. 120 and still committing war crimes. <laughs> <laughs> That'll get you honorable mention. All right. Uh, let's go to the Howler Mailbag where we've got some tidbits from Cassie P. Oh, thankfully. 
Hello, Howlers! It's Cassie with tidbits for chapters 77 through 83. Diving into this section was like a log flume ride for me, with some interesting ups and some heavy downs, but we'll end with a splash. Let's start with the anxiety-inducing way Darrow and Cassius shave with their razors. Yeah, the same razors that can gut sunbloods and cleave through pulse armor. No thank you. Seems to me like a good way to slice off some epidermis, or ruin a selfless jawline. Be careful out there, Howlers. Two, it's the fashion. When Lysander first sees Darrow in this section, he notes that there is a black hosta around his right arm, a razor around his left, sporting a fashion that doesn't seem to have changed in a decade. And since it seems that in this section, Lorne quote begets Lorne quote begets Lorne quote, here's one for you from Golden Sun. Does everyone wear their razor like a fool now? It's the fashion. If Atalantia were to start a new fashion, I bet she'd have people wearing their razors around their necks, like snakes. Three, classic Pierce. We learn Lysander has a new shepherd companion named Strabo. In Roman history, Lucius Seius Strabo was a Praetorian prefect under Emperors Augustus and Tiberius. He managed to pass the post of Praetorian prefect off to his son, Lucius Aelius Sejanus. And in Morningstar, we learned that Octavia had an arch-legate Lucius Al Sejanus in her Praetorian guard, first cohort. Real-world Sejanus was later executed for treason by the Emperor Tiberius. He got power-hungry. 4. Speaking of executions for treason, Cassius says, most Olympic knights who break their oaths get the kiss of a thousand. I assume this is the Chinese lingering death, or slow slicing, torture and execution method commonly known as death by a thousand cuts, practiced from 900 to 1900 CE. So y'all, this was like that rule of thumb moment in Boondock Saints for me, because I had always thought of the cuts as in like a paper cut. One is bad, and a thousand will wear you down until you curl up and die. But no, this involves tying someone to a wooden frame, usually in public, and slowly cutting multiple chunks of flesh away. Hence Cassius's remark, I like my skin where it is, thank you. In Chinese culture, this punishment bore the added insult of altering the person's body, which goes against practices and principles of filial piety. Oops. Sorry, not sorry, mom and dad. Five. In memoriam. In this section, Darrow and Cassius visit the Arcos compound we as readers visited in Golden Sun. There, their discussion touched upon a few fallen figures. Tactus, Lorne, Alexander, and Orion. In Golden Sun, Darrow recalled how Fitchner said, Darrow's life strand was so strong that it frayed all those around it. The people they remember now, not to mention Theodora, Trig, Rags, and so many Howlers, all had their life strands frayed and cut as part of Darrow's journey. Now I know all those characters made their own choices to join Darrow, even Thistle in the end, but I still can't help but link those deaths to Darrow. Am I being unfair? A rallying cry in the rising is, live for more, but these people all died, presumably for more. Does that make them good deaths? Should I be happy they got to live for more, however briefly? Did Eo live for more? What if their endeavor ultimately fails in Red God, hypothetically? Would they have died in vain, or was it enough that they, as the Jaffa were fond of saying, died free? Of the people here, I think most would agree Cassius is redeemed. And Darrow seems to hold Tactus as redeemed, showing that people who have done bad things can't find redemption. They may never find forgiveness, but they can live the rest of their lives as good people who do good things. But when does redemption fall out of reach? That's kind of what I'm wondering, my question. Where is the line that divides a Cassius from a Lysander from, say, an Adrius or Lilith? <sighs> okay, thanks for brooding with me for a minute. Let's start our way back up, shall we? 6. 
In chapter 78, after Cassius and Darrow's heart-to-heart, Cassius smiles and leans back like a dog that's had a perfect meal, which calls back to our earlier Odyssey parallel. Cassius is to Darrow as Argos is to Odysseus, a true blue companion. And I don't know why it was that this poem's opening line came to mind as I was writing this tidbit, but I gave it a new ending. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and converged once more in half-score miles. Seven. More Cassius, plus Lyria. Yay! One of the call signs Cassius suggested for Lyria was Red Rabbit. Interestingly, Rabbit was also what Ephraim called Lyria. Though I don't see how Cassius would have known, unless it was just one of the many things they shared in their late-night conversations aboard the Arky. Red Rabbit also happens to be a Tom Clancy novel set in the Ryanverse, which revolves around the Kremlin's plot to assassinate His Holiness the Pope. Cool little Easter egg in and of itself, but more intriguing in light of the rising presence of religion in this book. Finally, this tidbit is for any howlers who are thirsty for more Red Rising content. Kazria. You knew I wasn't just going to leave it alone. Their chemistry in Chapter 77 is beautiful, from their banter to trying to impress and do things for each other. It's all very bittersweet, of course, but for those who want a little more of Kazria, who want to give a little more poignancy and import to that casual moment where Lyria jumps off the Arky away from Cassius for the last time, a talented writer that goes by Vipress on AO3, that's Archive of Our Own, has written a wonderful, sweet and spicy, true-to-character narrative of what transpires on the Arky, from the time Cassius hops up until Eaglet jumps down. It's called Peas, as in two peas in a howler pod. It really warmed my heart. Thank you, Vipress. And for some aftercare, which is always important, I recently discovered the Unspoiled Network, and the host, Natasha Winters, is doing a first-time spoiler-free read-along of the series on her Spoil Me podcast. She's currently on Golden Sun, with live shows streaming on Crowdcast. It's been a genuine pleasure listening to her discoveries, her predictions, and both her literary and socio-economic political commentary. I think that's enough for this week. Hickus lupus, motherfucker! We always get a motherfucker from Cassie, <laughs> but not a lot from Pierce. I was gonna, there's a, that tells you the last motherfucker we got. It would have been in Dark Age. I guess Lupus, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> the student has become the student again. Um, thank you, Cassie P. What a great set of tidbits this week. Yes. Extremely informative. I still love the... Cassius being uh, Darrow's dog. That's, I think, my favorite tidbit of all tidbits. Yes. And good tip on not shaving with a razor. (laughs) Everyone be careful. Yes. If you need some fan fiction, you know where to go now. I just want to say, I I see, I don't see shipping Casria. I just see like brother, sister. Yeah. It's weird to me. I don't but see. I, I don't see, see anything romantic. I could see how people would take it in that direction if they want yeah. to, and I'm like, go for it. Right. But how, we don't know. But for me, it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Like he sees, in my opinion, Lyria as like a little sister, whereas right. you see how he sees like Ore or yeah. someone he's yes actually like in love with. I would agree. And then yeah, not I, to yak your yum. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we don't Kazria care. followers. Do, do you, people. Um, it is kind of funny that the razor fashion hasn't changed in 10 years. I like, yeah, I like the weird around her neck. And yeah. then we could... Uh, There's probably not a lot of options off. for razor fashion to change. Queer in your hair. 
hair on your that, leg. That you'd probably something. end up ripping out a bunch of hair if, yeah, you, if you needed it. Seems not good. But wonderful tidbits as always. Let's head to the Instagram DMs. Slide in there. Cut. Okay, uh, this one comes from Howler friend Dylan. Dylan says, I remembered you guys saying in the pod a while ago about how satisfying it would be to have a low-color kill Lysander. So, since Rona wasn't confirmed dead, how satisfying would it be to have Rona get her vengeance and retribution by killing Lysander? In her Drakenjaeger, she just steps on him. Fucking, let's go. Like a bug. And gets one for Theodora in the process. Yes, yeah. yes. I love that. I like Rona as the... Yeah, because he was like, ew, she's got bolts. Yes. Gross. And him killing Alexander still just fucking and, hurts and so pu- bad. punching her face in. Yeah, I like that one a lot. She would be a good person to come back. She's going to need some like strong character development, though, in this yeah. next book. Like... I don't know. She needs to be a part of it. She obviously can't just like pop up and kill, and kill him and be like, bye. But like if she, if he told me a good story with her and got her back involved with the narrative. Yeah. I could, I could buy Maybe her that. and Lyria become best buds. Fuck. Yeah. Like my little red operatives. Yeah. I love that. Red her, Robin. Her, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Her and Lyria definitely need to like. Share some stories. Yeah. A red dynamic duo. Yeah. Uh, I love that. So, great suggestion, Dylan. Thanks, Dylan. Thanks. All right, you know what it's time for? What are we into this week? Aaron, what are you into? I feel like I always go first. Okay, well... You ben, only... what are you into? Oh, yeah, I'd love to, <laughs> I'd love to go first. <laughs> After you. <laughs> Dominus, uh... respect the blood. <laughs> this week, I am into some new music. Well, I, I guess, like, not totally new, but, like... 2023 and i discovered this person more recently so uh, his name is teddy swims have you heard of this guy uh-uh. he's got a new he's got an album out that came out in 2023 big song on it. it's called lose control with the album is called i've tried everything but therapy part one <laughs> he's got just incredible voice like a big kind of burly white guy with like post malone tattoos all over his face and a big beard oh i've seen him but incredible voice and he seems like a real teddy bear i've heard i've heard and seen him and that's not just because his name is teddy he is teddy but incredible voice he got famous on youtube covering songs nice so like he did all these covers like he did like a shania twain cover that has like 150 million views on youtube or something like that and then now he's like making his own music and he's got this new album, really great, just like strong, like incredibly powerful, soulful voice, really good stuff. Lose Control is a banger, um, so I would definitely... It's not, music makes you lose control. No. <laughs> no, it's not that. No, it's not that, but it is really good. So my girlfriend Amanda's been into him, and so I started listening to him because she's been listening to him, and I was like, I like this guy. And he can swim. And yeah. And he seems like a sweet boy. I don't know him at all. He maybe he's a bad guy. <laughs> he's got tattoos on his face. He seems like a sweet he's boy. A sweet boy. You know, sometimes you can just tell people are sweet boys. And I, he seems yeah. like a sweet boy. You got masculine love for him. I do. 
Great. <laughs> Aaron, what are you into? I'm into a Amazon Prime TV show. Mm. It's called Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I was wanting to watch this. It's not the movie with Brad Jelena. Right. But it's like based off of it, right? It's not based off of it. Oh, really? It's it's similar, but it's not. It's still like a fighting spy show, but it's it has nothing to do with the right, Brad Jelena like movie. The same idea or whatever? No. Oh. It's not. <laughs> It's not the same idea. Oh, okay. It's similar. <laughs> I got you. It's just called the exact same thing. It's called the exact same thing, but no relation. That's weird. But um, that seems like a bad idea. It's like a comedy action. Donald Glover is fucking amazing. He is great. He's such a great actor. Yeah. Just his little, very small facial expressions are just <laughs> like, God, he's so good. Yeah. Donald Glover is Childish Gambino, of course, and was Troy on Community, mm-hmm. if you don't know who he is. And then my... Lando Calrissian. I mean, he's all kinds yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, right. Atlanta. Yeah. And then Maya Erskine is his counterpart, and she's amazing, too. She's in Pen15. Pen15. I was like, yeah. she's... I couldn't remember what it was called. I was like, she's like the middle schooler. Yeah, and it's uh, it was like when like I saw that she was doing this, schooler. I was like, "That's kind of a weird." But bit. this is it's a comedy. Yeah, and oh, she's hilarious and though. like yeah. intense fighting. It is a little gory if you are squeamish. Oh, really? Squeamish? Yes. I'm glad she's good in it because she's awesome in Pen Fifteen. Oh yeah, she's they're both so fucking hilarious. And like, uh, I've liked, I'd say all the episodes. Like three of them have been like the best episodes of TV I've ever seen, and then two like we're kind of throwaways but mm. you always kind of get that but in all of them they're both acting their asses off that's awesome yeah and uh it's fun it's a fun show you should watch it amazon prime mr and mrs smith i want to watch it all right aaron what's coming up next week on howlerpod i think it's our last reread it is the last episode of the lightbringer reread but don't worry we're going to have We'll a few more. others. We will continue podcasting afterwards, I guess. I guess. So. Yeah. Ben has to come up with <laughs> you gotta come up with a fucking idea. About. <laughs> Send us your ideas. <laughs> uh but we're going to reread eighty four to the end, chapter eighty nine. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna be joined by special guests. Yeah. The lads of the Words and Whiskey podcast. Crossland Shaw and PJ Hello. You have been summoned to Hallerpod. Gun. <laughs> We're going to work on you. (laughs) (laughs) Look out. That's next week on Exciting. That will be a fun conversation. Also a very sad conversation. Yeah. Send in your emails. Like if you want to have, you have something to say about Lightbringer, about the season of Lightbringer, chapters 84 through 89. Start sending those emails in. We're going to be, you know, running that Howler mailbag for sure. We'll do a full yep. episode of them, but start sending them in now. Do it before Wednesday. And uh, call us. Aaron will tell you. <laughs> call. You're going to start miming. It's <laughs> <laughs> what? this. I know. Why'd you do this? Because it, I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> it's this slip, flip. You remember the Nokia razor? Okay, special <laughs> thanks, Miles, for the episode art. Special thanks to Nick for the amazing voice work. Subscribe to the YouTube channel to see us do weird shit. <laughs> like, 
Ben being himself. Making Italian hands. <laughs> <laughs> yes, follow us at HowlerPod, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy. Email HowlerPod at gmail.com. Send in those mailbag moments. Voicemail is 1-800-516-1540. And uh, spread the word, you know. Now that you have finished the book, you should share it with someone. Yeah, raise the roof too if you'd like. Raise the roof. And (laughs) rate and review us five stars only. If you don't give us five stars only, then we'll make you have a tough convo with someone you hate. Mm, And it'll be a surprise. Yep. And you'll be like, God damn it. (laughs) I didn't want to talk to this. Diabetes. (laughs) Yeah, fucking diabetes. All right. Thanks, Hallers. Omnisphere lupus. Oh. Oh.